Welcome back to Monsters and Mixers podcast. We are your hosts. I am Emma. And I am Amy. And we are back this week with another true crime episode. You guys got two paranormal episodes in a row, but I'm back. <laughs> back, bitches. Back and better than ever. So we are going to just jump right into it today. We don't really have much to talk about before. So in... 2018, approximately 2,353 prisoners in the United States escaped. In 2019, 2,231 inmates escaped. AWOL inmates and the concept of imprisoned people secretly making their way to the short-lived freedom is not a new one. But what happens when a prison guard aids in an inmate's escape and goes on the run with them? Nothing good. <laughs> Nothing good happens. Spoiler! If any of you have been paying attention to national news lately, I'm sure you've heard about the manhunt for Casey and Vicki White. Um, I want to clarify now that although the two share the same last name, they are of no relation. They are not married. Some people thought they were secretly married. They are not. It's a pretty common last name. Yeah. Vicki White, a 56-year-old assistant director of corrections at the Lauderdale County Jail in Florence, Alabama, was a highly respected employee. She was actually planning to retire after nearly 17 years with the Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office the day of her disappearance, Friday, April 29th. In the weeks leading up to the incident, Vicki sold her home and told her coworkers that she was retiring and had plans to move and settle down on the beach. According to Sheriff Rick Singleton, she had been talking about her beach plans for three or four months. She sold her home on April 18th which was a large property of four acres that included a trailer and a barn in Lexington, Alabama for just $95,500, which is reported as being um, almost half of market value, like m more than that, actually. Especially in today's housing boom, where mm -hmm. you can unload a property for like twice what it's actually worth. Yep. And she had been living with her mother after the sale. Um, this may not seem like a significant detail, but Singleton said that he believes the sale may have provided quick cash for Vicky to use once she fled with Casey. Her selling it for less than what it's worth to me feels like she wanted to get it off of her hands as soon as possible as she knew what she planned to do. And she knew if someone's like, I will pay you this and I have cash right now, she's going to take that over the asking price of her home because she's not really worried about money. I mean... It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Liquidate. Yeah. Get, get rid as of much everything. Money as you can. In 1991, um, she had a divorce after a three-year-long marriage. And according to court records, her ex-husband actually recently passed away earlier this year. In an interview with the Associated Press, Vicky's former mother-in-law stated, I just can't picture Vicky running off with that man. She described Vicky as a kind person who always wanted to help others, but she also said that Vicky was known to be a private person. She said, Vicky was a person who kept all of her thoughts and troubles to herself. Given Vicky's good-hearted nature and reputation, what occurred on the morning of April 29th shocked everyone who knew her and worked alongside her. And I agree, even from the outside, it seems like something you'd only see in a movie. It was very Bonnie and Clyde-esque. Yeah. Casey White, 38 at the time of his disappearance, was serving a 75-year sentence and awaiting trial for two counts of capital murder. Um, one incident involving him is particularly alarming, and on December uh, 2nd, 2015, Casey went on a multiple state crime spree. Um, he started in Alabama, and he approached his ex-girlfriend and pulled two guns on her. She thankfully ran away and escaped and fled to a neighbor's house, but there were still two men in the home who Casey held hostage. 
They were also able to flee from a window while Casey fired multiple rounds at them as they ran away. Casey killed the dog that was in the home and fled on foot to another home in which he demanded money at gunpoint. The man said he didn't have any money, so Casey just stole their car and crossed into Tennessee. Once there, he approached a woman in her car at the Tennessee Welcome Station, and she refused to open her door, of course, and he fired multiple shots into her car window, shooting her in the arm. She luckily survived the attack and recovered in a nearby hospital, but the crime spree ended in a high-speed chase and a standoff with police in which Casey held both guns to his head and threatened to kill himself before he finally surrendered after an hour. I never understand why people don't just give up your vehicle to someone. I mean, it's a car. You have insurance. Most people have insurance. I'm not going to lose my life over a car. Well, I don't know if, like, he was necessarily asking for her car. I think he just kind of, like, approached her while she was in her car and was like, open your window. Like, I want to talk to you. And she was like, no. Like, I'm uncomfortable. Well, she's parked. Well, still. No victim blaming here. I'm not victim blaming. I'm just asking questions. I personally would have been like... Well, yeah. I mean, in the event that someone's trying to carjack you, give them your car. Yeah. Um, But I feel like this incident in particular just kind of shows how... Unhinged. Unhinged this man yeah. was, and it wasn't like a new thing either. Um, he was charged with two counts of first-degree burglary, theft, and robbery in Alabama. And in Tennessee, he was charged with attempted first-degree murder, two counts of attempted carjacking, and carjacking and theft over $10,000. Um, he was convicted on all of these counts and sentenced to 75 years in prison. He told police that if he was ever released from prison, he would murder his ex-girlfriend. Which, um, probably not a great thing to say to the police when you're being, like, questioned and tried for all of these crimes. And also probably terrifying for the ex-girlfriend who's like, I pray to God that this man's sentence doesn't get, like, lessened at any point. Can you get charged with saying you're going to kill somebody? Is there, like, a... I don't know. They didn't charge him for anything like that, but they did note that this is something that he threatened to do. Yeah. And I just want to clarify. You said he is 36 and 38. And she was 56? Yes. Which is a considerable age difference. Correct. Um, so yeah, just an amazing guy all around. I'm sure he has a lot to offer to someone in a relationship. Sounds like a catch. Um, if it couldn't get worse, uh, it can. In June of 2020, while serving his sentence, he began writing letters to authorities requesting that he speak to a specific investigator. Um, one specific letter stated that he wanted to talk about a murder, a murder that had gone cold, that he believed he could be the one to solve. The murder of Connie Ridgway occurred in October of 2015, and it was particularly gruesome. She was stabbed to death, and it was awful. Um, The investigator decided to speak with Casey, in which Casey admitted to the murder, but also claimed that he was paid off by someone to do it. In September of 2020, he was indicted by a grand jury on two counts of capital murder, and he would later go on to retract his confession, of course, and stated that he only confessed because he didn't like the prison he was in and wanted a change of scenery. So he wanted to get moved to a maximum security prison on death row? He wanted to be moved. He didn't like it. Okay. Yeah. Um, He was actually transferred. He got his wish. He was transferred to another prison after jail officials found a makeshift shank in his cell. And they learned about him plotting a potential escape from the prison that he was in before that. So, okay, maybe it's best that we move this man. Um, If you're planning a potential escape, you probably know, like, the layout of the current prison that you're in and how you would escape so it's probably best to put him in a prison that he's not familiar with right so this is escaping is not new for him or trying to escape i feel really mean but i think i'm gonna have to take that toy from maggie i think she's gonna be really annoying oh we're good for now i can barely hear it 
Figure jing- jingle bells. It's not Santa. It's at this Magnolia. point, at this point, we don't even need to clarify. If you hear weird sounds, it's a cat or a ghost. Yeah, they transferred him to Vicky's prison in early 2021, so he could undergo a mental health evaluation and quarantine for COVID. And after all of this, he was once again moved back to the jail he was previously held at. Um, in February of 2022, he was moved back to Vicky's facility to prepare for his upcoming trial. A few days before the two went missing, Vicky visited a used car dealership and purchased a 2007 Copper Ford Edge. April 29th started out as any normal day would at the Lauderdale County Jail. Inmates were transported to the courthouse for their court dates as usual, and Vicky told the booking woman that she was taking Casey to the courthouse for a mental evaluation and was then going to head to get medical care for herself because she said she wasn't feeling well. The other inmates scheduled to appear had left already with transport, so Vicky told the woman that she was just going to drive Casey by herself. Um, this is very unusual and actually against protocol, um, especially for an inmate who is as violent as Casey and who has attempted to escape before. Um, you usually want two officers and two people transporting inmates. I was just getting ready to say, having one female mm-hmm. guard transport a violent criminal yeah. sounds like a really stupid idea. Yeah, and it's typically not allowed. Um, like I said, too, people must accompany inmates in transport. But given Vicky's status in the jail and the fact that she was currently the only employee president present sorry with a certified registered firearm the woman didn't think twice about it and told her that she was fine um even though the two-person rule still applied to her yeah security footage catches vicky getting casey into the squad car at approximately 9 29 a.m casey was noted as being not only a violent inmate but one who had previously plotted to escape yet in the footage vicky isn't seen holding on to him in any way to secure him all right hold on i'm gonna take her toy so as i said um in the footage vicky is not seen holding on to him in any way to secure him she actually walks ahead of him she goes and unlocks the car um comes back and you can see her walking ahead of him again he is walking behind her um he is in handcuffs and then you see her just put him in the back of the car i don't think you even see her like buckle his seatbelt. And then she gets in the front and they leave. The two never made it to the courthouse. Surprise. And there was absolutely no court hearing or mental evaluation even scheduled for Casey that day. Um, after leaving the jail, Vicky drove the marked cop car to a shopping center parking lot and ditched it. And the two got into her newly purchased Ford Edge and drove off together. Um, somehow, nobody realized that she was missing for over six hours and by the time they did, the duo was already long gone. I mean, you get a six-hour jump. Right. You're gone. I mean, I would think that there would have been a like, sign-out, sign-in procedure. Right. Like, hey. And she, you could think have been, noticed... she could have been, like, murdered. Right. They wouldn't have known. It's very alarming that no one was like, oh, she's been gone for, like, a really long time. Also very odd that, like, she was like, yeah, he has this mental health evaluation, and no one thought to, like, actually double check and make sure that that was something that was supposed to happen that day i guess she was super well they just trusted her she was very well respected which makes it even weirder yeah um after investigators started looking into where they possibly could have gone details about the two's weird relationship began to come to the surface according to inmates at the detention center there was a special relationship between vicky white and casey white that relationship has been confirmed through investigation Vicky and Casey met in 2020 at the Lauderdale Correctional Facility and kept in touch when he was temporarily transferred to state prison. 
A romantic relationship between the two has been confirmed by recordings of calls made to and from one another, Sheriff Singleton stated. Aren't prison phone calls recorded and listened to? Aren't they monitored? They're recorded, but I don't think they listen to them unless they need to. I mean, I would imagine somebody that high profile who was getting ready to go to on trial would be listened to a little bit. Well, I mean, who's going to sit and listen to every phone call that's made to and from a prison? I just feel like that's a very ballsy thing to do. It is ballsy. Um, Vicky was also said to show Casey special treatment in the jail, such as giving him extra food at mealtime. Casey's mother, Connie Moore, said in an interview, Vicky was really, really good to him. He was calling her his wife even when he was in prison. I just sort of went along with it. I didn't say you shouldn't or whatever. It made him happy. That being said, Vicky's mother claims that she had absolutely no idea about her daughter's involvement with Casey and that she not once mentioned him to her. It's not hard for other inmates to catch on and notice guards showing preferential treatment to specific people. And from what I've read, Vicky and Casey's relationship was quite obvious to the other inmates in her jail. He's lucky to get beat down because inmates don't take very kindly to somebody getting well, yeah, I mean, preferential treatment. You- it's not going to be hard to see at mealtime that he's going back and getting extra food or that he's getting better food or that he's just getting treated overall but like better than the rest of them. Like, people are going to catch on very quickly. I feel like the rest of the guards possibly should have caught on to that also. They did not. Um, Vicky is not alone. If you just take a quick look at the history of some infamous murderers and serial killers, you will notice one commonality. Many developed cult-like fan followings after their arrests, and many even got married to their fans while behind bars. In an article by CNN, Dr. Casey Jordan, who is a criminologist and professor of justice and law administration at Western Connecticut State University, describes this phenomena as, quote, bad boy syndrome, which is the attraction to and or sexual interest in those who commit crimes, particularly heinous and violent crimes such as rape and murder. Um, Dr. Jordan said Vicki White surely believes she's in love with Casey White because he gives her a feeling of being alive after decades of feeling stayed safe and reliable. In 2015, prison worker Joyce Mitchell helped two convicted murderers, Richard Matt and David Sweat, break out of a prison in upstate New York. Authorities said Mitchell, a prison tailor, provided Matt and Sweat with tools they used to cut through cell walls for their escape from the facility in Danamora, New York. But she eventually did not follow through on her role in the escape plan, which included Matt killing Michelle's husband, or Mitchell's husband, Lyle Mitchell. So she... (laughs) These people are okay. Inmate Matt and I got along well. We talked every day and he treated me with respect and was nice to me. He made me feel special, Mitchell said in her confession. I know that they're saying it's a um, bad boy syndrome or whatever, but to me it almost seems like some of these women might have a savior complex where they, they think do. okay, where they think that they can like oh well he's gonna treat yeah, we'll them talk like about that, that but in a little bit. Um, We can even look at a case as infamous as Ted Bundy, the man who preyed on young women and confessed to over two dozen murders before he was executed. Um, While he was on trial for murder, he married Carol Ann Boone, who later had his child. Boone, who had worked with Bundy at the Washington State Department of Emergency Services, testified for him as a character witness, and they married during the trial, literally while she was testifying. Oh, my God. Fixer savers believe that they have been given a sign, often by God or a higher power, to save the criminal. Oh, see. She often refuses to acknowledge <laughs> evidence of guilt, insists he was framed, and believes that he, she has unique insight into his psyche, Dr. Jordan said. 
So as you can see, this is not new. We see it in history and in present day. Female guards falling in love with violent male criminals. Male prison guards starting up sexual relationships with female inmates. But unfortunately for Vicky, her decision to go on the run with Casey did not end well for her. And we will go into the last part of this after a quick little break. The 11-day nationwide manhunt ended Monday, May 9th in Evansville, Indiana, with Casey White in custody and Vicki White dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. In the 11 days that they were on the run, they made it 280 miles away from Florence, which is really not that far. No. Like, 11 days, you'd think that you would make it up. Well, if you're trying to keep a low profile, though, you have to probably find, utilize your cash as much as much as possible a lot of hotels and yeah but don't you think you'd want to like make it to a bigger city where you would be like less easy to identify or mexico or Canada, or like california or like yeah. there's so many people in california that like you're just gonna blend in yeah um they had tens of thousands of dollars in cash new clothes wigs and several vehicles to evade the police um one of the major things that actually led authorities to them was a stop at a car wash just six days after they fled the Fort Edge was identified in a tow lot in Williamson County, Tennessee, which is about two hours north of Florence. According to CNN, after dumping the SUV, they purchased a Ford F-150 truck for $6,000 in cash in Tennessee, um, which U.S. Marshal Commander Chad Hunt um, verified. On Sunday night, the owner of a car wash in Evansville, Indiana, notified investigators that the truck had been discovered at his business about 175 miles north of Williamson County. Surveillance footage from the business showed the duo get into a Cadillac sedan after they abandoned the truck. Not only did we identify the truck, but when they left the truck on the premises, we saw them enter into a Cadillac, which kept us up to date or up to speed on what vehicle they may be in at the time, Vanderburg County Sheriff Dave Wedding said. An Alabama task force made their way to Evansville and teamed up with deputies in Indiana. Once there, investigators drove around scouting out motel parking lots and restaurants trying to find the Cadillac. Oh, excuse me. Ew. Gross. <laughs> it's because I haven't eaten anything today. This episode's canceled. <laughs> then, on May 9th, Evansville police detective Darren Richardson spotted the car in a Motel 41 parking lot on his way home from work. Investigators believe the fugitives rented the motel room and had paid someone who was homeless to use their identification. Motel 41 owner Paul Shaw told CNN that someone checked into a room and paid for a two-week stay. The person was not checked in under either of the missing pair's names, he said. Law enforcement set up surveillance outside the motel and saw Vicki White leaving. She was wearing a wig and got into the Cadillac. It pulled out of the parking lot with Casey White behind the wheel and he drove away. Authorities began to quietly follow the two. Shortly after that, a car chase began. Audio of a 911 call that Evansville officials say Vicki White made appears to start near the end of the chase. A woman's voice, believed to be hers, is heard within the first six seconds saying, Wait, stop. Airbags going to go off and kill us. She shrieked several times before saying, Airbags are going off. Let's get out and run. The pursuit ended when a law enforcement official rammed the suspect's vehicles, sending it into a ditch. When authorities reached the Cadillac, they found Vicki White had been shot. She died of a single gunshot wound to the head, and the manner of her death was ruled a suicide, the coroner's office said. As officers approached the car, Casey White asked him to help his wife and told them that he didn't do it. 
It's really sad. Yeah. <clears throat> Authorities said that, to their knowledge, Casey White and Vicki White were not married. Investigators arrested him as EMTs tried to save her. He certainly didn't show any remorse for anything he's done. That's supposed to be his girlfriend, and she's dead, and he hasn't shown any remorse that I've seen since that happened, Singleton said. He used her, which they always do. Unfortunately, Vicky lost not only everything she had, but her life. It's really unfortunate that she was... I mean, I'm sure she was terrified to go to prison, because having been an ex-guard, you don't fare well in the prison system if you're incarcerated with other criminals that you've been... Like, looking after, guards get treated really poorly in prison, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. I would, I don't think I would kill myself, but I can understand why she would have been afraid for that to be the outcome. I don't know why she would even <clears throat> do it in the first place. The whole thing is incredibly confusing. It is really confusing. I'm sure there was, like, some emotional manipulation going on, but also, I mean, she'd worked in a prison system for 17 years. That particular prison, highly respected. She also pushed knows. 60 and single, though, and maybe she thought this was her last chance of happiness. Well, I almost happiness. wonder if, like, her ex-husband, even though their marriage was very short of him dying, like, this year, maybe kind of, like, spiraled something in Possibly. her. Um, but, I mean, their relationship had been going on prior to that happening. I, It's a hard concept to understand. Very much. Um, inside the Cadillac, the police <clears throat> found about $29,000 in cash, wigs, four handguns, a loaded AR-15 rifle, extra magazines for each weapon, and a police duty belt with handcuffs and a taser. My God, they're going to take people out. In the days leading up to the escape, Sheriff Singleton said Vicki White shopped for men cl men's clothes at a department store, and she also bought some things at an adult store. She, quote, was basically the mastermind behind the whole plan. He was behind bars. He really couldn't plan too much behind bars, Singleton said after the arrest. She arranged, purchased the getaway car, she sold her house, got her hands on cash. She just obviously put the plan together. Casey White didn't escape from the facility. He was basically just let out. Yeah, he was like let out and yeah. into a car and <laughs> right. whisked off into the sunset. <laughs> right. <clears throat> her police cruiser was like a freaking white horse in a romance novel. Yeah, like when you think of like um, inmates escaping, you literally like picture, I picture like them like sawing the <laughs> ceiling and like going through the vents and shit. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, like, like crawl through like tunnels of sewer. <laughs> they're and... not just like walking out the door and being put in a car and no. taken to freedom. Um, Vicki White is, oh, here Invest we go. Yeah. Investigators discovered the two had shared, like I said, a special relationship for at least two years. Um, we were told Casey White got special privileges and was treated differently while in the facility than the other inmates, um, Singleton said. We have confirmed through independent sources and other means that there was, in fact, a relationship between Casey White and Vicki White outside of her normal work hours. Not physical contact, but a relationship of a different nature. What? Did they specify what different nature? They said it was romantic, but I don't know. Okay. I really don't know. Vicki White is survived by her parents and two brothers who have been left completely heartbroken and confused by her actions. Casey White was transported back to Alabama and charged with escape in the first degree, in addition to the capital murder charges he's facing in the death of Connie Ridgway. So this man's never getting out. I can imagine that it'd be really startling for her family. You have your daughter who and sister who's spent 17 years as a beloved corrections officer about to retire and like go yeah. on to a new phase in her life she's all excited about retiring then all of a sudden she's on a manhunt and involved in a manhunt then have some vile human being escape from prison yeah the sheriff said that the um 
like the week or like the day, the week after she disappeared, that the air in the prison that she worked at had just been like sucked out of the room. Sure. Like everyone was just incredibly confused. They all loved her. Like she's spoken incredibly highly of, very well respected by everyone who knew her. And it just didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but I'm sure they were probably kind of worried, like like you said, that maybe he had kidnapped, kidnapped her. her. Yeah. That would have been my original thought. Right. And just saw it as an opportunity and took her on the run. Um, so, in an incredibly weird turn of events, this one just kind of pisses me off. Um, after the manhunt came to an end and the motel in which they were staying became public information, more than 65 people are on a wait list to stay in that same room in Ew. Evansville, Indiana. Um, according to a motel clerk who wished to re- remain anonymous... As of last week, 65 to 70 people were waiting to stay in room 150 at Motel 41. The clerk confirmed the room's rate to be a flat $75 per night, which is $12 more than the motel standard rate of $63 per night. So they are also capitalizing off of this. And this to me just shows another strange phenomenon in the true crime world that reveals the sensationalism that follows cases like this one. Right. And it's probably a bunch of people wanting to do like a report from that room or whatever. Or like weird sexual stuff. Like it's just very odd. Very, very odd to me. I would definitely like to visit some haunted places over the coming weeks, but we're not going to this true crime hotbed. No, like people who want to like go to houses where like atrocities were committed and like go inside and like chill there and like see oh this is where john Wayne gacy killed all these people like what yeah no that's very very odd just very strange have fun in evansville indiana you fucking freaks i'm sure there's not much (laughs) to do there at the motel 41 um the man who booked the room for casey and vicky was paid a hundred dollars to use his id to book it for the couple um the man actually didn't commit a crime by taking the money and booking the room and investigators believe he didn't even know they were criminals on the run. Um, given the fact that he was homeless, he probably did not know. I mean, he's he not watching the money. TV or looking at the news all day. Um, the man was arrested on unrelated drug charges May 12th and is being held on a $500 bond. Um, he cooperated White's story while behind bars, Officer Wedding said. And police have said that he is also a sex offender and, like I said, is currently homeless. Poor guy was just trying to help people out. I don't know if he's he a, a poor guy. Although he is a sex offender, so kind of got what you deserved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vicky's funeral was held on Saturday, May 14th, and hundreds attended as she was laid to rest. Um, they actually released doves as her coffin was lowered into the family plot in Center Hill Cemetery in her hometown of Lexington, Alabama. Um, Vicky's mother, Patricia, wept as she led mourners for her only daughter, and it is not clear if Vicky's father, J.C., who was 81, attended. I feel bad for her family. That's pretty much the only person I think I feel bad for in this story. Yes. Yeah. Also, a lot of really bad decisions. Something that's odd made. to me: can his mom be held culpable on this at all? I don't know. Um, like the fact that she knew that um, this was happening, unless she didn't know the legality of the relationship. I mean, I, I mean, it's not I really hard. don't know. To me, like, the prison guard, like, inmate relationship is kind of like when a college professor, like, dates someone who is actively their student. Like, we know that it's wrong. It's morally wrong, but is it legally wrong? It has to be illegal in the prison system. Like, I I don't think... I would imagine she could have been fired for it, but they're not going to fire her and arrest her. So I don't think his mom really did anything wrong. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it's gross and unprofessional, and she probably would have been reprimanded harshly, but jail time, would, I don't think, would be a thing. Yeah. Um, in recent news, there is another manhunt going on right now. Oh, God. Um, I believe it was a the suspected killer of a professional cyclist a woman, um, Caitlin Armstrong, who is a 34-year-old yoga teacher, Shot and killed uh, Mariah Wilson, 25, in a fit of jealous rage, allegedly for having an affair with her boyfriend, and she is currently on the run. Oh, great. Where's she on the run at? Um, Where should we be avoiding right now? <laughs> Let's see. I am not entirely sure. I would like to not go travel there and get side. Think the California area. Okay. I have no intentions to go to Cali anytime soon. But yeah. That's just... Yeah. This one was crazy to me. It's even crazier when you, like, look into the fact that it wasn't just random. Like, they were building this relationship for two years. It it does also seem like, based on his behavior afterwards, that he did have genuine feelings for her. I mean, him saying, help my wife. Yeah, I mean, but he, he... They did he say that have, he, he showed, have, like, absolutely no remorse. But he could have gotten up and ran and... I mean, granted, they were surrounded, but he didn't. He's, his first instinct was to ask for help for her. So I feel like even though it's a completely fucked up situation, possibly there were some feelings. I mean, you can be a murderer and still have feelings for someone. The one thing that I will say that I thought was odd even before they uh, found them was that, like, the news had approximately, like, 20 pictures of Casey White and one single picture of Vicky White. And it was an old picture. That is like weird. one of her first pictures that was taken when she was hired for the Lauderdale police. And it's an old picture and her coworkers were on like the news saying she does not look like this anymore. Like this is not the picture you need to be like putting out if people need to be on the lookout for this person because she looks nothing like this. I mean the police did a really good job too. I'm just thinking, sorry my wheels are spinning. Because it, initially, I would think they would have thought kidnapping also, but they went to work like immediately interviewing people mm -hmm. and realized it was not a well, kidnapping situation. This is definitely a mutual relationship mm -hmm. kind of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think a minor detail that I left out that led them to go straight into investigation mode is they were seen on a security footage camera, I believe in the parking lot that they like ditched the squad car in. And she was seen in the squad car at that same parking lot the night before, like, kind of surveying the premises, oh, like, okay. seeing if it would be Scoping a good place out. to, like, leave. So, I think the security camera footage probably aided them in thinking, like, something's off here. Like, the, she's not... When she took him out of the prison. Yeah, within, yeah, like, 30 sure. minutes. And another, like, I think it was a red light camera, like, caught them driving the opposite way of the courthouse. So, they were like, yeah, something's a little odd. You could still think kidnapping at that point, I would think. Um... If she, they didn't go to where she said they were going, that could be him. Like, he snuck a shiv in there and was, like, threatening her. I feel like, also, though, like, kidnapping... I said that that would be the first thing that came to my mind, but he's handcuffed and she has a weapon. Yeah, maybe he's... <laughs> so what is he he's doing? Like Houdini, he can break like, his shoulder, dislocate his shoulder and he, take the cuffs She has off. a firearm and he has his hands behind his back. I'm just... <laughs> this is a wild case. It is. And it's sad that it ended this way. Also very, very crazy that I don't think I even really knew that about Ted Bundy, that he married someone who had worked in a prison with him before. Mm -mm. It's 
just an odd phenomenon and sad for a lot of women, I think, who probably fall victim to, like, the charming, charismatic psychopath. Right. Who is... Well, that's how Ted Bundy got all of his Right, that's how he got all of his victims, and I'm sure he conned her and made her feel special. I mean, Charles Manson did the same thing. Yeah. I mean, before he was Charles Manson, the cult leader, he was friends with a lot of... friends with the Beach Boys. Yeah, really famous people, and people liked him until he started kind of slipping. Yeah. I think there's a certain narcissism behind being a serial killer oh, or definitely. cult leader or just a murderer in general that makes you really easy. It makes it really easy for you to trick people because you're being whoever you think they want you to be. Mm-hmm. So you are never being yourself because there really is no... I feel like there has to be like an inherent narcissism too to like thinking that you're going to be the special one who doesn't get caught. Yeah. Like, the people who go on, like, spree killing, like, oh, I'm going to be the one who, like, doesn't get caught for months. Like, the Night Stalker. Right. Literally just murdered people all the time. Like, you have to be inherently narcissistic for, to think that that's going to work in your favor. Yeah. You should definitely do a Night Stalker episode. Oh, that's a big one to tackle. But... I need to do two of those. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, our, we're back to paranormal next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very exciting. I had to figure out what I'm going to do. I don't know yet. Do you have any afterthoughts on this? It just, the whole thing just kind of makes me sad that she felt whatever way about herself that that was the choice she made to give up her whole entire life that was going pretty well for her. For someone who probably, even though he convinced her that he was the right guy for her, was never going to be that. They would never have been able to live a normal life. They Mm -hmm. would always have been on the run. And I, I do feel for anyone who has that diminished thought process. Yeah, and, I mean, he was violent, but also, like, specifically violent towards, like, women. Mm-hmm. So... That's that savior complex. Yeah, like, I'm going to be the one who makes him change He would his never ways. do that to me. Or thinking you're special enough that he would never do it to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see that in lots of domestic abuse situations, too, where men go from woman to woman, and they know about the history, and they still get with them anyway because they don't think they're going to do that to them yeah it's a very violent horrible cycle yeah agreed yeah any final thoughts on your end um not really i hope casey white gets charged to the fullest extent of the law especially in connie ridgeway's murder yeah um yeah he sounds like a very terrifying I hope he's put into a maximum security prison with all male male guards. Yeah, all male guards. um, And left away, like, from the general public. No extra stake for you, shithead. doesn't really seem like he has much to contribute. I mean, to commit so many crimes at just the age of 38. Yeah, very horrible. And I don't know if you've seen him. He is huge. Really? Like, literally, like, like six foot six. Like, a massive, massive man. Like, Rob Zombie. Yeah, he's Although massive. He's not that tall, is he? No, he's not. He just looks really tall. But he's a big dude. He would probably overpower a lot of people, so. Is he, I, I know this is going to sound weird, but is he an attractive person where you could see why she would have been like, oh, I mean, he's um, not. He's he... not, like, hideous, but I don't find him attractive at all. No, I'll I'm not you. asking if you find him attractive. I'll show, I could see how someone could. Um, I personally do not see it. I will show you. I'm also, like, fairly certain that he has, like, racial, like, racist tattoos oh. tattooed on him, so. Good times. Yes. No, I don't like that. No. He's no. huge, <laughs> right? Yeah. That is a big, big dude. 
He is very huge. He's not. He's not attractive either. I find that man repulsive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a fan. No. Not at all. Well, we're gonna end on that note. Here's his most recent mugshot, so you can see his face. Oh, <laughs> he looks older than her. He's got yeah. his suds. He has been aged by life. Well, and he was incarcerated, so yeah. I'm sure, his pale skin is from the <laughs> lack of outdoor activities. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Another sad true crime episode. Well, are there any happy true crime episodes? No. Not really. I don't think so. No. None that I can think of. If you have, like, any uh, theories as to why this is such a phenomenon that happens in the prison system, like, I'd love to hear them. Because, I mean, obviously you hear from the experts, but I'd love to hear what some people from the outside think. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Monsters and Mixers podcast. Please follow us on our socials on Facebook at Monsters and Mixers Pod, on Twitter at Monsters Mixers, and on Instagram at Monsters and Mixers Podcast. Like and follow us on your preferred listening platform. Leave a five star rating and send us those stories via email at monstersandmixers2 at gmail.com or at one of the socials mentioned. See you next time when we dive into another terrifying tale and concoct a new and delicious drink to wash down the horror. Now get out there and meet some ghosts and make some toasts. <laughs>